The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when nickels down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who on this town tonight. Welcome to another installment of Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. I have the lovely Deborah Debris on the line. Uh, Kwame Lasseter should be calling in shortly. He's doing some training up somewhere. Um, I, I can't remember where. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, I'll talk about the Olympics for about 35 seconds. And then I'll talk some NBA, preview the second half of the NBA, talk about uh, maybe extending the All-Star break. LeBron and the new commissioner, Adam Silver, had conversations over text message about it, uh, actually giving these players some time to rest. Uh, and mostly speaking of the upper echelon players who are at the All-Star weekend, which isn't really a break because they're doing interviews and, and media spots and promotional spots and everything and playing in the game as well. So we'll talk about that. Um, I do want to start with Jimmy Graham. Um they haven't signed him yet. Their, their franchise tag uh, deadline is coming up. If they're going to franchise tag him, if they're going to extend him in a, uh, with a long-term deal like they should, in my opinion. We'll talk about that in a minute. Deborah Debris on the line. Debs, how, how's everything going? Uh, not too shabby. I'm getting ready to go on trip. Going to be out of town for about 11 days and then coming back into uh, speaking at a football camp for college seniors going into the combine. So uh, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, this is, an, this is a, uh, a busy time of the year for you, huh? It is, uh, and it's an exciting time because the guys, I mean, they're right at that cusp of uh, either I'm going to, you know, make it into that next step of my uh, NFL career or I'm going to go uh, wash cars or... Uh, you know, sell insurance or something. That sounds awesome. No, it doesn't sound awesome. Sorry. I, I, I missed it. Um, good. Well, um, it, it's, you know, what I'm excited for the combine, even though it's, uh, I, people have different viewpoints on it, depending upon how much weight is put on it. And I'm obviously an enormous amount of weight is put on the combine. This the 40 time, the, you know the the jumping and, and the skipping and the hopping, whatever whatever people look at. It's you know, and and Kwame doesn't Kwame as well shares the sentiment that you can't really take uh, exactly what a player is about in a vacuum, right? I mean, isn't that isn't that the the common outlook of naysayers of the combine is? Well, yeah, it really is, because you look at what they go through during the combine, and not all the drills that they put them through are even applicable to the position that the the player um, has on the field, and, you know, some of it just doesn't make sense. Right. So, but, but I mean, it's, it is weighted heavily, and, and uh, a lot of money is made and lost by players due to their, due to their performance in the combine. And then the pro days also, I mean, more for quarterbacks than anything, but the combination of those two will make or break you in the first round, seemingly, or they could. 
Well, and, part of the combine, too, is not just what we see, um, you know, if we get closer to TV or now they're doing it on, you know, normal ESPN or whatever it is that they're doing it on. Um, a lot of it has to do with what's going on behind the scenes that we never see, which is all the, you know, the 32 teams are there. The guys, I mean, I've been downstairs when they're fielding these guys into the various rooms to, you know, the, you, you show up with your x-rays. You know, and they look at all your x-rays, they do all the testing, they do all the interviews, they, you know, do a lot of stuff that we never see um, that's all applicable to the combine as well. So they're looking at these guys as a whole and making decisions based on how they uh, act or respond during those areas as well as, you know, what do you look like on paper. Yeah, no, and it seems like you can only hurt yourself in the combine, uh, running backs, you're supposedly this fast if you come in, quote-unquote, overweight, or you're not as, not as fast as people think you are, blah, blah. And then, say you're a guy that comes out of the woodworks a little bit, it's really not going to help your drafts. Well, he had a great combine, but these are all still his numbers from college. So it seems like it, it can only work adversely towards players as opposed to being a positive thing for them. I don't know. That's, that, that's my weird well, take on it. And everything really goes back to, to, you know, who are the individuals that are conducting these interviews that are, you know, putting the marks on paper as to, you know, how they're grading these guys and at what level, because all of that has, um, you know, individual perspective to it. So, uh, yeah, it can be interesting. And what are, what are teams really looking for? Because different teams have a different perspective about their players as to whether they just want the badasses or they want players who, you know, have a certain um, – personality or culture that's going to fit into the team. So, I mean, so, there's a lot of personalities that go into how these guys are scored as well. So that, that's an interesting segue. Jimmy Graham, who in his three years in the NFL has not made a peep. Um, other top tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, injured all the time. Uh, Jimmy Graham has had some hankering injuries, some, some nagging injuries throughout his career, but he's played the majority of the time. Uh, Aaron Hernandez is in jail. That was the other. So they were probably the top three tight ends in the NFL. Tony Gonzalez to a lesser extent, but he's more old faithful, more reliability than actual uh, game-changing abilities, obviously because he's 86 years old. Um, you have Jimmy Graham, who's who's just been a consummate professional. He's a freak of nature. He's 6'8". He's got great hands, long arms. He is the most dangerous red zone a receiver in the NFL, and the keyword I use is receiver, because that is the problem. If if those of you that don't know, the determining factor on what position Jimmy Graham plays right. is what's hedging this whole ability to move forward. And I mean, they're going to franchise tag him. I don't think they should, but but they're going to for salary cap considerations. Uh, the tight end. Franchise tag again is the is a five year average of the top three players' salaries from each position. So that would be for tight end six point eight million, right? And then a wide receiver is eleven point six. So right. that that's a big chunk of change. I mean, yeah, for for all intents and purposes, it's double. I mean, well, it's it's, it's, it's a million now, and a half difference, but but over the years, you know, combined, it's the aggregate of it is considerable. Right. So for that one year that that he would get tagged, they're going to look at. What where he lined up the most, and I think he's second most in the NFL in, in, in with regards to tight ends as lining up with the receiver behind Tony Gonzalez. So you ha- he's a wide receiver. They don't have running backs or tight ends in this on the Saints. They're all wide receivers. Some are just smaller or bigger than the other. I mean, it, it's 
So they only have so many titles to put on players. So depending on what they do on the field, it sounds like they're putting a tag on a, you know, a, a, a title on them. Uh, not necessarily how they're playing, but because they need so many guys on the field. Right, of course. Yeah, to, to fill slots and whatnot. I, I mean, right. I understand that. I just think it would it, it would be a travesty for him to be... He's not a tight end. He isn't, and they're gonna they're gonna be very very meticulous about deciding this because this is a huge chunk of change for for an NFL salary cap that they're gonna try to swindle out of Jimmy Graham getting paid for. But their offense goes as Jimmy Graham goes. Well, and that's the thing. Do you want a disgruntled player who is you know one of your best players on the field um, out there just because of money? Well, exactly. Yeah. And what happens after this year? So you give him the tight end, 6.8 mil, which obviously is, relatively speaking, a lot of money. Um, but you give him this, and does that mean that he's going to walk next year? Like, if you don't extend him now, you you take considerations for the salary cap. You lose a couple players on the back end to keep your most potently physical and talented offensive player on your, on the Saints. I don't know why you wouldn't why you wouldn't just throw the book at this and give him as much money as he wants, you know what I mean, so to speak. Right. Keep exactly. him, lock him up for the rest of his career, you know, five years, six years, 70 mil, whatever it is, make 30 guaranteed, and call it a day. This is what top-end offensive players get nowadays. So you have, to, you have to adapt with the times, suck it up a little bit, lose some talent elsewhere. They don't play defense anyways. Lose some talent elsewhere. And keep your number one receiver for your for your quarterback. Right. I mean, it, it seems like a no brainer to me. On losing games, and you've got to have the right talent in the right places. Pay them the money for the position that they play, and make sure you keep them happy. Because an unhappy player does not make good uh, good plays on the field. Oh, I I mean, I just I just don't know what what they're thinking. Um, or are they thinking? Right, well, and this is, I just read this, and, and my numbers were a little balloon. Rob Gronkowski got a six-year, $54 million contract uh, with, the, with the Patriots, and I believe that Jimmy Graham is going to want more than that because, because of how, he, how, how few games he misses. He plays through injury. Like he could, he could have sat more games than he did last year. He was non-existent in a couple games. I get that, but him being non-existent in games means that other people can flourish on that offense. So it's really a win-win. You can't really uh, determine his worth by his numbers anymore because defenses will double-team him, triple-team him. It's the same same thing as Cam Newton, kind of. Cam Newton's numbers plummeted this year, comparatively speaking, to the last two years, but they made the playoffs. They, they, he had his best year as a quarterback, and his numbers were way lower than they were the last two years because he's learning how to play football as a quarterback. And Jimmy Graham is learning that he doesn't need to have huge numbers to be an to have an impact. And I think that on, on the other side of that, I think that the front office might look at the numbers where he didn't produce and use that against him, which isn't fair, but it seems like there's something that's snagging this from him getting a long-term extension, and it can't just be money because he's your second-best player on your team behind your quarterback, and your quarterback got $260 million. That's yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I don't get it. And again, we don't know what the politics are that are going on you know, behind the scenes and you know, why people but are making the decisions they do. What so. politics would there be? I mean, obviously for me it's easy to say because I'm not writing these checks and I'm not, and I'm not balancing the salary cap and I'm not looking to the future to see w- what direction you want to take your team. 
Well, but, I think that's part of it is that, you know, when they're looking at the entire picture, not just this coming year, um, but, you know, what about years in the future and who are going to be the best players in the best positions to make the best team to give them the best chances at the Super Bowl. So there's a lot that goes into it. And then you've got all the, uh, you know, individual uh, coordinators and coaches trying to talk about, you know, who they want and what positions. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of negotiation and politics going on behind the scenes that we're never going to be fully privy to. 1,215 yards receiving and 16 touchdowns. Well, yeah, are those, he, are those he, tight end numbers? Those are not tight no, end numbers. Not tight end numbers. No, not. So not if you're going to give, so you need to look. And he also had a game where he didn't have a catch. So what if they, what if they tagged him as a wide receiver? What does that do to other positions on the team? How much does that scramble the other positions on the team, or does it? He doesn't need to fight for his spot. Other players do. And if you want to stay, you might have to take a pay cut. Like, that's just how the game is with football because of how the salary cap is so convoluted because there's a lot of guaranteed money, and then there's money against the cap, and then there's incentive-based money. He's already proved himself in three years. He's yeah, kept I'm not his... talking about him. I'm talking about if they turn around and they tag him and call him a wide receiver, does that, and I'm asking it as a question because I don't know the answer, does that make a difference in how they go out after they go into the draft? And now they're not looking for another wide receiver. You know, they're, they're looking for other players to fill positions. I'm going to answer that question on the other side of the break. Deborah Debris on the line, Alex Clancy in the studio, voiceamerica.com. Carmen Lasser, Sports Talk. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hi, I'm Joe Swedish, CEO of WellPoint. We proudly support the March of Dimes and all they do to reduce the rate of premature birth in the United States. Though premature births have recently declined, still half a million babies are born too soon each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs that help moms and their babies live healthier lives. Please visit MarchofDimes.com and join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Welcome back, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy on the line. Deborah, no, I'm I'm in studio. Deborah Debris on the line. I am. I got there. 
Uh, yeah, we've well, been talking a line, but it's in the studio. We've been talking Jimmy Graham, and Deborah posed the question of if they give him wide receiver money, which would be around eleven point six million dollars. Where do they go in the future when it comes to the draft coming up and signing free agents and releasing players? Um, I think that you draft defense, you draft defense, and rookie contracts for non quarterbacks. I mean, pretty much are pretty cheap. When it comes down to it, uh, in comparison, yeah, you know, yeah, right. This is this is all comparatively speaking to the upper echelon players. Right. Um, I think you draft defense because offensively, I'm not sure that you need to improve anywhere. Maybe through free agency, for somebody that'll sign for cheap that'll want to play with Drew Brees, you have Darren Sproles who had a really down year last year. You have Pierre Thomas. Mark Ingram has supplanted himself as the number two, if not the number one A back there, which is huge for them. Marcus Colston has resurrected his career. He had a great year last year. He was he kind of took the first half of the season off, but he came on strong in big games where they needed him. People forget how big he is and how what good hands he is and how great of a red zone uh, receiver he is. And Drew Brees and him... That's always been the number one. That's always been the number one-two connection. With Jimmy Graham there as well, you don't really need anything else. They have Lance Moore. They have Kenny Stills. They have a bunch of deep threats. They have receivers for days. So I don't think that you need to do anything. Maybe on the offensive line because you can always you can always improve that. And I think they had a couple injuries on the offensive line last year which hurt them a little bit. But if you do defense through the draft you'll still be able to sign Jimmy Graham for the franchise tag of a, or be able to give uh, the wide receiver money for the franchise tag for Jimmy Graham, in my opinion. And I think that if, if he's important enough for you guys to keep, you'll figure a way out of it, figure a way around it. Well, and isn't that always the way? I mean, if somebody is important enough, you always figure out a way to make it happen. So. Now, unless we don't know something, which, I mean, we don't know a lot of things, but unless we don't know something where it's, hey, Jimmy, take the tight end franchise tag money, and then we'll extend you. You know, you will, we'll take that money and put it towards an extension afterwards. But then that begs the question, if it's, if it's just for salary cap, I understand why they wouldn't extend it now. But if there's other outliers, why not extend it right now? Like, wh- why wait? Variations to a contract as to how much is guaranteed money or not guaranteed and, you know, those type of things. That, right. You know, they could be playing with a lot of other things that could make what seemingly seems like a lesser contract much more attractive. The Kwame Lasseter has joined us on the line. Kwame, we're talking Jimmy Graham, and the question I have for you is, do you think there's something that we don't know going on behind the scenes for the New Orleans, in the New Orleans Saints organization that's keeping Jimmy Graham from getting a long-term extension, or do you think it just has to do with the salary cap and the logistics of it? Uh, that's quite possible. Um, we're not there. We're not in anybody's franchise or organization to really know behind-the-scenes stuff. We know what we know. Uh, from reading and then, you know, just uh, all the other publications as far as the TV shows and stuff. But I think, it, and then we watched the guy play. We watched how, what a great contributor he was for the New Orleans Saints and how important he was to Drew Brees. When I saw that come across yesterday, I thought, what a tragedy. That's a great crime, one of the greatest crimes uh, in football to not sign this game. I don't know what personal problems he have or what relationship he has for the team. Sometimes it's not worth paying guys. If you're a bad guy in the locker room or team, the camaraderie is just not there, uh, regardless of how great, good to great you are. But Jimmy Graham, I thought, would be getting a huge deal. They made 
they didn't want to sign uh, the, uh, Drew Brees. Remember that? He had to go on for a long time before he got his deal. So I hopefully uh, Graham, Jimmy Graham doesn't have to do that because he's probably the best tight end in the National Football League, uh, the, the most uncovered guy. Uh, regardless of who you have on him in the National Football League, he's a playmaker. He changed the dynamics of the game as well as the position uh, that uh, Tony Gonzalez and those guys has done have done. Antonio Gates, a lot of those guys have done. I don't, I can't figure out why he haven't got paid. That's why I always say, don't count on anything, whether that be money. Don't trust any owners or any team unless you have it, and unless you have it on your hands, don't count on it. It'll be great. It would be a great thing if they can sign him to a franchise number, which is very low, in my opinion, for that tight end position, and then we um, we do another deal somewhere down the road before that deal is up, before the franchise tag is up. Maybe it's just to get make room right now to get someone else or sign other guys. But for him to be franchised, I thought it did a disservice to him, especially with what he's done in the league. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is what they did in New, in New England. I said that Drew Brees... He got a $260 million contract. Obviously, that was ballooned. He got a five-year, $100 million contract two years ago. So Tom Brady got his money in New England, and then Gronkowski got his. They didn't franchise take Gronkowski. They don't pay people in New England, and he got that money. So I don't, I'm not sure. As you said, I agree. Until you, see it, until you sign on the dotted line, it's not real. So there's so much left up in the air, and, it, and this has got to bog down Jimmy Graham a little bit, right? I mean, he's been a consummate professional. Not, he's never out, stepped outside the lines once. So, I mean, I, I really don't know what's, what, what we're waiting on, but they got to have a reason. And, again, they, you're right. They did it with Drew Brees, and then they gave him a $40 million salary, right, his first year, the $20 million signing bonus and the $20 million salary. So maybe they're just working out the, 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 the logistics and, and not trying to report it before anything's uh, final and official. I don't know. But... Okay, now we got to talk Olympics. Uh, we we spent a little bit longer on that than I than I anticipated. I don't really care about the Olympics. Is that bad? I, the the uh, United States is third right now. They're tied for second in uh, medal count at nineteen. Netherlands has twenty. Uh, Germany has the most gold medals at eight, with which is over half of their medals. Really, all I'm excited about is hockey and the quarterfinals. The preliminary rounds to get into the quarterfinals start today for hockey. And the, the and the women's USA hockey team is already in the finals, the gold medal game, I believe. So this is when it starts to get exciting for me. Sean White falling off the half pipe, problematic. I was excited to see that. I'm not sure how Putin is ha- is feeling about this, <laughs> but it feels like this is like preseason baseball to me. Like maybe because it's across the globe and because we find out everything that's happened before we get to watch it. I'm sure there's a disconnect with the time zone change. Like I understand that, that it's it's kind of a letdown when you're about to watch something and then it pops up on SportsCenter or something in that regard. But, Deborah, do you... Are, are, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, well, I know you always have an opinion. Let, I mean, let's not get crazy let's here. Let's be realistic about this. Right? But is this... Is it because it's, it's, so it's, is it because it's in Russia... And because Putin had put so much pressure on everybody and because they're dual bathroom stalls and all those things, or is it just because the Olympics are boring? Yeah, I, I think it's, for me, it's because the Olympics are boring. Whether it was in Russia or any other place right now, it's just <laughs> boring. 
Um, I was looking forward to seeing Sean White. I watched his uh, one-hour special that he did prior to the Olympics, which was pretty crazy and incredible for him to do. Um, I look at this and I keep saying to myself, it's, you know, it's kind of like I wrote in the book, there's that top, middle, and bottom to any peer group, and every one of these groups that we're looking at is athletes that are supposedly the best of the best across the world, that in every group there's a top, middle, and bottom, and the bottom ones you don't have to worry about because they just fall off on their own. It's that middle average area that they're expendable, and we're seeing it happen over and over again. And I, I am trying to get away from this feeling or this wonderment of if the American Olympics have tried as hard as they should have to prepare themselves for these Olympics. Call and me I kind of want to crunch and kind of, you know, ease up on that. And at the same time, I really wonder if they've done everything they possibly could. Have they worked hard? Yes. Have they done everything they possibly could to prepared, uh, prepare for this? I don't know if they have. Kwame, what do you think? I'm like Deborah. I, I'm, the Olympics are boring. I don't watch them. Uh, I, 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 they make me watch them when I, when I flip the channels. I got to flip the channels so I, I end up seeing something about the Olympics. Um, but do are we sending our best, or have they prepared enough? I I, I don't know, um, but I just don't have a pain on it one way or another. I wasn't I was excited to see Sean White. Also, unfortunately, he uh, ended up not 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 being up to his best. But I was excited to see that. Yeah, I mean it's, and I think we're very very geocentric. When it comes to this, we don't we don't get these things on Nash, on TV in the United States. A lot of these, obviously, these winter events, cross country skiing and and shooting in the middle of it, which doesn't make any sense to me. And you know, like I, all these things, slalom and moguls and all this stuff, that high jump thing, that big that big sky or big air or whatever that whatever they call it. That's a, some of these things shouldn't even be events in my. I don't know how these people come up with these things, like the luge. I don't, or the skeleton where you go face first down this, <laughs> down the bobsled thing. I don't get it. I, I just don't. Hell, I don't know so, uh, how can I kill myself without dying? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. Kwame got a text. Um, so, the, uh, <laughs> so when it comes down to it, I think, again, we're very geocentric. The Summer Olympics, on the other hand, everybody loves, like, I love watching the Summer Olympics, the swimming and, and all those things because my, we've had people to follow and Michael Phelps following, uh, trying to catch up to Mark Spitz all-time medal record, and and the NBA and the basketball playing against you know other worthy opponents in different countries, like things in that regard, I love. But I don't want to watch Slovakia's hockey team. Like I just don't. It it doesn't resonate with me. And well, how about the female hockey team? Huh? They playing well. Yeah, they're crushing it. They're crushing it. And I mean, all I've looked forward to is the gold medal game for hockey, men and women. And I want the men to play against Canada again. I'd love to see that again because Sidney Crosby had a most, the most miraculous goal of his life last year, or last Olympics, to, to beat the U.S., and that was crushing. That was one of the best sporting moments I've ever experienced as a sports fan. And that happened in the Olympics, and when, when magical things happen in the Olympics, they are exact. It, it's like a hundred times more important and more iconic than it happening in a regular season football game or a regular season basketball game. This is the and biggest, I, I, it's the biggest know, stage. I'll, it's the biggest stage on earth. And we, we lose that sometimes in the monotony of many of the events. And, and Deborah, you might be like this too. Uh, Cause Alex just alluded to it. 
I'm waiting for something special, something big to happen for me to watch it. And it, it is, uh, there's always something in the Olympics, as boring as it is, there's always like a match you want to see or you want to see Sean White do some uh, crazy tricks or stunts. But maybe, maybe it is the hockey. Maybe it is. And I'm waiting for something for that, for that uh, monumental or that, that huge to make me sit down and watch. Yeah, and I think hey, you're hey, Deb, Deb hang, on to, hang on to that for one second. We've got to take a go, break. Guys. Oh. Got a 10.30 call i got to go to. Okay, we got to take a break. Call me last under Sports Talk, voiceamerica.com. Kevin, we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Sports Channel, the talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. We just finished talking Olympics. We talked more than about more than 35 seconds than I had wanted to initially. Um, I promise we'll take a break on Thursday from talking about this, but Rigi Cognito returns to Twitter. Oh, man. This guy seems like he's nine different people in one person. Uh, he, he, might ha- he might have that problem. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, first one he sent out was, quote, I would like to send Jonathan my apologies. Jonathan Martin, he's referring to, until someone tells me different, you're still my brother, no hard feelings, smiley face. I would never thought that a 6'4", 295-pound man would use smiley faces, but he does. And then he said, I apologize for acting like a big baby the last few days. This has all been so much on me and my family. I just want to play football. Okay. And then the, and then the last one before... Before he signed off on Twitter and he deactivated his account, uh, he said, I want everyone to know that I'm in good spirits, looking forward to playing again one day, and you cannot define me in 144 years, let alone 144 pages, Mr. Wells. Thank you for your hard work and dedication. I don't, this guy is, I, I, I don't, uh, okay. He's, so he's, have, he's, he's what you said he was. He's, uh, he might be like five to ten, more, ten different people at a time, depending on how he wake up and how he feel. I don't think he can just let it go. And try to and try to man stuff. When you use social media, you're letting everybody into it. You want everybody to think you this guy or that guy. When we know who you are, your actions spoke louder than your words. Uh, but now your words are keeping you in the midst of 
of letting this thing die out like everything else dies out. Let it die out. And then if you want a middle relationship with that guy, if you're such a great friend of his and a best friend of his, why don't you have his phone number? Why are you, why are you doing all this so the world can see it? Yeah. So I don't understand why his, his motives or motivation to, to keep bringing out Jonathan Martin's name or saying he's not this guy, we can't define him. Well, he's defining himself, in my opinion. You don't have to keep bringing this out into the social media. Where before there was no social media world, you got on the phone and you called the guy, you talked to him, you and you met someone face to face, or you sent them a, a letter in the mail. Now the social media is just keeping you in trouble or keeping you in the spotlight uh, for simplest reasons. Yeah, I mean, well put. That's 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 a fantastic way to put it. And if this didn't go to social media initially, maybe it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have blown up the way it did. I mean, it would have come out. Absolutely would have come out, but we, we we've been we played this guessing game for you know a couple months before the Ted Wells thing came out because we're trying to distinguish between what's real, what's not, wh- how much weight you put into social media, how much weight you put into the text messages, all those things. And now it came out, and now I don't know what he's doing now. I think he needs to gag order himself and just wait. Because I think I, I read something about this thing. It's it's kind of like double jeopardy in the in the NFL, where you can only get charged, quote unquote, charged with one thing. So he can't get suspended. He can't get like a two times longer suspension than he would get if he's charged with two things. He only can he can only get charged with one thing, dismissed for one reason. So he's done a lot of things that have been wrong. So they're probably going to pick the one with the biggest suspension uh, capability and use that. But I talked to my Donovan Files, the guy, the, the one of my friends that has a radio show in San Diego. Talked to him yesterday, and I asked him, "Who do you think will play again? Play first? And it's interesting. He said Jonathan Martin will play first because uh, Inch- Richie Incognito will be suspended. But who will get a job and play longer? He said Richie Incognito because he's a better player, which is a really interesting take on it. You know, it's." Richie Cognito is the better player of the two, right? Yeah, he's uh, Cognito's a better player in my opinion. Yeah, uh, far as his uh, aggressiveness and far as the dog he had in him to play that position, no one discounted that he wasn't good at all. No one at all. I didn't. I didn't see that he wasn't good. But what came with that was not a team origin uh, spirit he had with him. He 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 disrupted teams. He bullied guys. Uh, and that's not what you do when you're working with other people. That's not what you do when you're working in a team sport. Um, you, you go. He, I think he played hard for the teams that he was on. It's just everything else came with it, which is crazy. And that's a great way to. Uh, that is a great um, analogy that who will play first. Yeah, Jonathan Martin definitely. That's that your friend mentioned definitely because of the suspension. Cognito will have to uh, go through, but longer. I can see um, if this doesn't take a toll. If it just don't drive him crazy any more crazy than it's already doing as far as the social media and Cognito still out there trying to make himself be seen as a good guy and I'm sorry and I'm smiley face this and that. If that doesn't drive him crazy, he probably will play longer than Jonathan Martin. Jonathan Martin seems like he's a guy who can play football and play it for the love of it, but when that love is no longer there, he has he will have something else to do outside and other than football. It doesn't seem like Incognito will have anything to do other than football. Right, no, that's fair. Uh, Jonathan Martin, the whole thing about that Richie Cognito brought out was that you know he was... Uh, Jonathan Martin was contemplating suicide because he wasn't playing well. He didn't play well this year, and that's overlooked a lot. 
And uh, you talk about every time, which is correct, that people need to remember about him not being at OTAs for a few days and nobody questioned it. So there, right. there's a disconnect in his not only ability to play well on a day-to-day basis, but having the mental whereabouts to actually be in while he's playing. So I, I but, don't even know. Uh, if somebody committed suicide and not playing well, you may think about retiring first. You may think about going to get some other training first. Uh, and why is Incognito the only one that knows this? Uh, that, I don't have just one good friend. I don't have one friend that I just talked to. Um, but why would he be the only one that knows this? That he's, he's thinking about committing suicide because he's not playing well. I know a lot of guys that was distraught because they wasn't playing well, but it wasn't anything about no suicide. It was more so, yeah, I got to watch more film. I got to practice a little. I got to find a way to practice uh, smarter or harder. Whatever they had to do to play better, they did that. It wasn't suicide. Suicide's not going to let you play better. Yeah, so it's true. It's the end of the road right there. Andrew Luck was his quarterback in college. Not many people say that they had the second coming of Peyton Manning or, or whoever you want to compare Andrew Luck to this far in his career as your quarterback in college. So right. his it, it made him look that much better. They had a fantastic running back. I think Stephon Taylor was their, was their running back for at least one year, if not both years, the, the last two years that Jonathan Martin was in college, and now he's a, he's a member of, of the Cardinals out here. Um, so they had a pro-style offense, a pro-style defense, and they were top five all year. They had, and that's overlooked with the offensive line and defensive line production because when you have somebody as electric as Andrew Luck and a running back like Stephon Taylor, your job's easier. So maybe he's never been as good as everybody thought he has. You know, so and Richie Cognito's proven himself. He's proven himself. He's proven himself as being a, a a class A. You know, enter bleep here sometimes. But you know, you know what you're going to get from him on the football field, right? But you're gonna get you're gonna get um, you're gonna get a good football player. I tell you that you get that. But you got to start questioning if you if you some type of GM owner scout. Um, you got to start asking yourself why is this guy as good as he is on three different teams in the National Football League. Well, you put, you do a lot of research. You put a lot of money into these guys before they come out of college. Why he's at Nebraska and then transfer here and, and, and has to go through all these these anger management problems or this disruption of team problems. Are you talking to other coaches? I'm sure other coaches say he's a great guy, he's a great football player, but this is what happened when he was here, and it was because he was in the center of it. But nobody's really, really as far as owners in the National Football League, I don't even know if that's even coming up because you know what you're going to get on the football field, but outside of that, are you willing to tolerate or, or balance that off and say we're tra- that's a trade-off for us, but we see we can keep them under the wraps? No, it's just like anything else. you got a great football player. Even though he got off-the-field problems, you're willing to balance and trade that off so you can win football games. Right. But no one's, no one's really trying to help this guy uh, with his anger management, not that I know of, not that I've heard of. Well, you got to get him some help at some point. Like the Dallas Cowboys got the receiver, a well, 24-hour bodyguard, if you will, or a handler, if you will, uh, just so he stays out of trouble. You got to protect these guys from their own stuff. They want to be idiots after getting millions of dollars and getting their lives changed or some way. Then, uh, if you can't, if you try to do everything, expound every way to help them, and they don't want help, then there's no more you can do. So why would he? Why I'm thinking why would Incognito even want? even get back into the league. Like, who would take the chance on that and trade that off? I mean, absolutely. And with Des Bryant, it worked. Jerry Jones was mocked. Des Bryant was mocked, but it worked. 
And Des Bryant, except for his little tirade at the end of the game when, when uh, against Detroit, when Detroit came all the way back and won right at the last second, he's been a model citizen this year. He's just really yeah, we passionate. Heard anything from him off the field, no right? Troubles. With with yeah. with Incognito, he's a player that you rent. He's not a player that's going to retire on a specific team on purpose. He's not going to be in the is. rafters anywhere. Even if he was a Pro Bowler every year, he would not get his number retired anywhere because of his off the field antics. Because he he's not a good role model. He just isn't. Which is fine. Right. Nobody asked these players to be role models, and we've talked about that in nauseum. So I won't bring that up again. But. He's a guy that you rent f- to use for his physical talents and his ability to block for the quarterback and block for the running back. And that's what you sign. That's what you do when you sign him on your team. You have him sign on your team, and that's it. And then if he I'll goes away, you, he goes away. I'll tell you, the, the, uh, the, um, uh, another way he's hurting himself, well, he could have got a multi-year deal. And you, and you mentioned, and I thought of this when you mentioned that he's one of those players that you rent. He is, uh, he's, you can rent Deion Sanders, but you don't rent Deion Sanders for a lot of money. Uh, cause Deion yeah, went from San Fran to Dallas and, and get a, San Fran and Dallas and you won Super Bowls back to back with different teams. But Incognito is a guy you can rent who's just lost out on millions of dollars or multi-millions of dollars because of the situations he's been in in his past. Well, Deion Sanders has never been in those situations. We never had stories outside of football about Deion Sanders while he was playing football. Um, but Deion, but Incognito, just lost over a million. Who's going to take that chance and give him a multi-year deal? There may be a team, but then you got to look at who that team is. you got to look at is that team the old Oakland Raiders or something like that. Who that team is, I don't care how you are, who you are. Can you play football? We'll sign you. I don't care. You just got out of prison for three years. We'll sign you. I, don't know, I believe now. I firmly, firmly believe in giving somebody a second chance. Uh, but he and what he's done, incognito, what he's done, I feel that he just lost lost out on millions of dollars. Well, I mean, that's fair. I mean, that is not something that's being questioned. I mean, I agree with that. But you don't think, like, Chicago could use him on the offensive line? I mean, they're a smash mouth. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, anybody in the AFC North, Cincinnati. And you know that Cincinnati doesn't care about your your off-the-field extracurriculars or having over the under Marvin Lewis's tutelage. I mean, Oakland, there are a lot of teams that don't care. There are a lot of teams that will just take the talent that, and, and overlook everything else and just kind of deal with the bumps and bruises that comes along with it. Right. You and you've got to be ready to ex- uh, accept whatever happens off the field with that. Be ready for all the extra media that you want to pay for and control damage, damage control, or when a guy does what he's doing. Hopefully he comes to that team or goes to that team and change everything about himself and just play football. But you got to be ready initially to uh, have – damage control on the story that happened in Miami when King Kong needed to go to his new team, uh, his past. He got to bring all that back up. And then there's going to be people who, uh, who analyze the mind, the brain, the, the guy's actions, the body movement. They're going to analyze him as he's answered, going to these questions and answers to see if he has changed. You can say all the right words, but your body's going to say another thing. So he has to be willing to or have moved on as far as changing as a person outside of football. Now, what makes him, I think the difference in him, incognito and other people, most guys, is that he takes his football aggression and mental attitude and the way he approached the game, he, he takes it off the field. And then it relates to some other stuff. And then he tried to backtrack as in the Twitter and say, I'm sorry, uh, we're still friends as far as I'm concerned, unless someone told me different, unless he tells them different. 
those type of things. You got to let those things be able to die out and become the football player. The story is what the story is what it was. We've talked about it enough. Um, most people uh, out there that's talked about it enough. He won't let it die, and he give us more ammunition to talk about it. Right? No, absolutely. I mean that is, and we've talked about this over and over again. And, I, and I'm trying to, I'm just trying to find an end game when it comes to this. If somebody else sign, oh, you know, we got to take a break. On the other side, we'll continue this. Maybe we'll talk a little NBA towards the end. I want to talk about the All Star break. Maybe changing it up a little bit. Alex Clancy in studio. Cormac Lesser on the line. VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety Ray Ellis on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You damn right. <laughs> Alex Clancy in studio. Cormie Lasseter on the line. Cormie Lasseter Sports Talk. I tried something new. Uh, last segment, we've been talking to Richie Incognito. Uh, luckily, we don't have a show tomorrow, so you won't have to hear us talk about Richie Incognito tomorrow, which is nice. Uh, one thing that Kwame's talked about this, you know, what is he going to do? Uh, uh, fines, th- things in that regard. What is he going to do off the field? Who's going to sign him? Now, in this day and age, especially with this new hazing stuff coming out and and the the rules are definitely going to be looked over again with the code of ethics and moral codes and all things like that. That I don't envy Roger Goodell for a second in in having to uh, to reform in in, in in that regard. Now, do you think that say Ringing Cognito signs with the Raiders or something after he gets suspended, if he gets suspended, whatever signs with the Raiders? Do you think there's going to start being clauses in contracts across the board with if you get popped for harassment? Uh, you're going to get fined a hundred thousand dollars of your contract from us, or something like that. Keep it internal, or do you think that that's that's a dumb idea because the NFL won't get their money that way? Like, do you, I, would, like the clauses? Be crazy like, for teams not to do that. If I was signing, if I was Team A and I was trying to sign this guy, the first thing I'm saying is you want to have a lot of clauses in your contract. If it, you know, I talked about him losing out on multi millions. Um, if I'm the, if I'm deciding to give him multi millions, here's what's going to happen. He won't have to earn and work for that. He's not going to be a bad seed on in my on my team and my organization. 
uh, there's going to be clauses, there's going to be stipulations, there's going to be appearances that you're going to have to do. And there's 10 appearances you have to do anyway in your contract. And that's just, I mean, you're doing without even knowing you're doing them. So it just goes without saying. I don't think they really hold you to those. But you're going to have to go out there and show and let that team help uh, give you a better image or lighten the image that you had, that you did have. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. There's going to have to be clauses. They're going to have to be, especially if I'm giving you multi-millions, there's going to be stipulations. you got to do this. you got to do that. you got to be on your best behavior. Um, right now, you are under the property of Team A until this contract is over. Yeah, take so it take it or leave it. And then, and then on the other side, do you get bonuses? Do you get incentives for being a good person? Like, is that possible, uh, or is it only no, a takeaway no, thing? To be a good person. I, I, I understand that. No, you think you think I don't think that that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I I understand that, but say it's it's an added incentive for it's like having a bodyguard for Des Bryant in financial form. We're gonna watch you all the time. And if you're if you're good if you stay between the lines, you get a bonus. No, I, I think uh, you good. You do what you're supposed to do. I hear what you're saying because on other, on one end of it, um, you you you've been um, punished for if you do something bad. But he he has always been this guy. He's been this guy, so he has to show that he can be that other guy. And then here's your here's your here's your reward. You get to keep all your money if you don't act up. <laughs> yeah, you, you I mean, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Okay, okay. But this stuff is unprecedented with things they're going to be looked at, looked at, combed over, all of these things. This is uncharted territories now. So that is the old way of thinking. Now maybe the new way of thinking is you get a bonus for being nice or you well, get a bonus like a for camaraderie insurance. or you get... That's like insurance. You, you don't get in a car accident, you get $50. Yeah, well, they have that uh, with Allstate or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. A better, better driver, dis- good driver discount or something. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, don't be an idiot, no, and we'll give you like money. That. I hear you. Not for a guy like that. I hear you loud and clear. But not for a guy like that. You, you just you're supposed to be good. You just come in and do your job, and and then I think your reward in this case, in this situation, Richard Incognito. I think because your past is what it is. If you be good. You get to keep your money. If you're bad, we get to take money away from you. Then we know who you are. Then you only getting two chance, one chance, two chances after that. Okay, <laughs> he, he's, he's already had fifteen pass. chances. Well, I'm talking about on that team, on okay. that on that team. And he got the two chances. And I say that to say, okay, you you kind of backtrack. We know who you are. Okay, we're gonna find you this amount. It's not gonna be a baby fine where we just throwing little warnings at you. It's gonna be a huge fine. Um, and a huge deduction in your contract and your finance, finances. Uh, but if you do it again, we're taking everything and we're cutting you because you signed this contract. And we, this is a take it or leave it contract. But all you got to do is do the right things. Don't go out DUI, drinking and driving, or don't go out and get a DUI. Uh, don't do any anti-stuff. You have to be on your best behavior at this point because you are the bad boy of sports right now, of, of NFL right now. You have a lot of controversy around you right now. You said some words that you that nobody says or shouldn't say, um, and now you have to atone for that. I want to stick with football, but I want to move towards this. Sam Bradford, he has the vote of confidence from his coach, which is not like the vote of confidence from an owner for a GM or a coach because that's always the kiss of death. Jeff Fisher says Sam Bradford is their quarterback. Do you think it's the correct move for them to move on with Sam Bradford because his contract's up in two years 
And it's going to be, it's like 16 mil each or something stupid like that that they're paying him. That was a ridiculous rookie contract or 14, something like I that. I think he gets 12 million a year. So I think the total is 27 million for the next two years. Something okay. Like that. Do you think that it's smart for them to ride this contract out instead of potentially drafting a quarterback at number two this year? I think it is smart for them. I wouldn't draft a quarterback. They got a, a good backup who played in the absence of Sam Bradford, who had that team on a run. They want a nice little run. So, and, and real quick, the NFC West is going to be an interesting conference to watch the, uh, this this upcoming year. Uh, but as far as St. Louis is concerned and Sam Bradford, well, I got my money invested in him. That don't mean he's going to play. Well, I have to pay a backup anyway. You got to pay to have a, a good backup. Matt Flynn, to have a good backup, you you do you should have to pay these guys to back up because when you come in, uh, like um, the guy did in Chicago, and I can't think of his name because I played Josh with McCown. him, but, um, Josh, Josh McCown, McCown. Uh, when you have a good backup, it, it serves your team well. Sam Bradford is going to be a high-paid backup or um, a high-paid starter. He's going to be either one, but he's going to be on the St. Louis team, and I don't think drafting a quarterback uh, is going to do it. I like to see he has to play better. He has to play a lot better than what he's shown us in the past. We came out with the Wonder Lake. He aced all that coming out of Oklahoma. We thought he was a smart quarterback. It's a transition that a lot of people don't understand. Everybody's not that Peyton Manning or that Andrew Luck. And Peyton Manning didn't have much success when he came in. Yeah, 3-13 and first year. Right, right. And But... You know, let it be a transition and see how he bounced back from this. He has some time to rethink some things. He got to come back and he has to play at least ten times better because he was supposed to be that guy. Right. And now the backup quarterback has played well. Yeah, I mean, he had fourteen touchdowns and four picks through six games last year before he tore his ACL. So he was having his mm-hmm. best year by far as a starting quarterback in the NFL. What I'll say about St. Louis, and you brought it up, the NFL did everything they could. To take away some of the parity from the NFL from this past season, they pinned up the NFC West and the AFC West as sister conference, sister divisions this year to play each other. So the two best divisions in the NFL, in my opinion, top to bottom, are going to be playing each other this year. So right. the records be, aren't going to be the same. The, the records aren't going to be the same as they were last year. Having two, I think, what, there were five 10-win teams out of those two conferences alone? That's ridiculous. Yep. And St. Louis... They need to have a perfect draft. They finished seven and nine last year with Kellen Clemens, who is not uh-huh. he, he's a, he's a backup quarterback. You got a text backup quarterback, and he, you know they with defense and and uh, Zach Stacy. They won some games. They almost beat Seattle as we talked about right after the game happened. They need to get better. They have the second overall pick, and I think something in the teens. So they need to have an absolutely perfect draft to keep up with the other three teams in the conference, in the division. And also, they're playing Denver, Kansas City, San Diego this year. So they're going to need to win some games. I agree. They got You got the best two conferences playing each other this year. You know who that benefits more than anybody? NFC North? I mean, (laughs) AFC North. uh, It was benefit the AFC teams and and the um, NFC teams back east. NFC East, AFC North, because these teams can probably go nine and seven and they get in the playoffs. Right. Because we're gonna beat each other up. Right. Uh, it's, it's not gonna be a lot of. It's not gonna be five teams with ten and five. That'd be great. I don't know how possible that's gonna be with uh, with us with us, the AFC West and NFC West playing each other. But the NFC, like Baltimore, will probably be in the playoffs next year because of stuff like this happening. Right. No. Absolutely. God, we got to go. Thirty seconds left. Um, follow us on Twitter at Kwame Lasseter at Clancy's Corner. Download the VoiceAmerica.com radio app 
on your smartphone, streams seamlessly. It's a great app, really user-friendly. Like our Facebook page. We'll see you guys Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Mountain, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern. Carmen Lester Sports Talk. We'll see you guys Thursday. Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.